Hey, what's up, tribe? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the TFC Audio Project Down Under. This week, I chat with Mitch Richards, who is a personal trainer and TFC footnerd based in Sydney. Mitch is also the co-founder of a new company called Grounded Living Co., which we discussed throughout the episode, along with the importance of a holistic, habit-based approach to health, some key factors for making sustainable lifestyle changes, and finding the balance between discomfort for growth and accessibility for scalable, widespread change. This week's episode is brought to you by Grounded Living Co. and TFC Down Under Tables. Those who've been listening along to the podcast so far know we are huge endorsers of the importance of building a good relationship with the ground. That's why we're so excited to be teaming up with Mitch from Grounded Living Co. And to celebrate the new partnership, we're doing a giveaway that will help facilitate this relationship. The giveaway will include a ground living cushion, one of our TFC Down Under tables and a foot restoration kit and will be running from August 18 to 28. To find out how you can enter, head to Grounded Living Co. on Instagram. The link is in our show notes. All right, Mitch, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, mate. My pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's been a been a bit of a long time coming. We were actually keen to get this one going in person, but considering the state of Sydney and New South Wales right now, um, at, at the at the time of this recording, and actually the week that this is going out, um, it's probably not going to be happening any anytime soon. Um, but obviously, this is also a perfect time for a chat right now because of our little collaborative giveaway we've got coming up. Uh, which we can explore a little bit more later in the podcast. But uh, just for the people who don't already know you, um, maybe we just start with a bit of a, a bit of background, like who you are, what you do, why you do it, kind of thing, and then we can just roll from there. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, yeah, so look, I uh, like it's cool. It's cool finally, obviously, getting to chat and everything. But um, yeah, I've been personal trainer now for about uh, eight years, and um, I did my qualifications, yeah, sort of eight years ago now and sort of growing up, you know, obviously like a lot of young men, I suppose I, I dealt with a little bit of uh, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do coming out of school um, mm. and had a lot of, uh, obviously a lot of interest in fitness, grew up playing a lot of sports and everything. And so I sort of uh, chopped and changed and, and had no idea sort of the direction I wanted to take my life and, um, you know, came to a point where. I decided that every time I, I sort of had to give up anything to do with health and fitness for any sort of job or any commitments, I, um, I was sort of moving away from, you know, what I loved. And so I decided, you know, eight years ago to, to go and do my qualifications, become a personal trainer and, um, yeah, sort of start this journey through this, uh, this whirlwind of, of health, fitness and well-being. And I've, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed the journey. I'm really passionate about what I do and, I think I um I I have a real uh yeah I care a lot about you know clients and I over the years have become more and more sort of uh obsessed with you know things outside of the gym and things that are going to make a, a a much bigger impact I suppose to our lives uh versus you know the stuff that can happen inside a gym and um you know especially these last couple of years I've I've made some big you know personal changes um I've gone through some big changes and um, I'm sort of at a point now where, you know, I think uh, I, uh, I work with a lot of clients who, who love what they do and, 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 and also lead a lifestyle that's, that's probably 
not ideal and they, they always come to me with all sorts of, of issues and problems when it's injury, whether it's, you know, things like weight loss. And I, I sort of almost find myself now being as much a lifestyle coach as I am, you know, a personal trainer. And so that's mm. really only identify with these days being just a personal trainer. I like to get more involved with, with what clients do. And I think the more and more I learn about um, health, the more it becomes, you know, holistic and, more of a story about the whole picture for, for any individual. Um, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, I'm sort of at this point now where, you know, with lockdown, it's given us a, a, a big opportunity to sort of shift a bit and, and pivot. And my wife and I, are, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit, but we're, we're really pumped to, to sort of start a, like sort of almost a lifestyle brand and, um, uh, you know, a, a company that, that is going to, help change a, a lot of lives. And I think from day dot, that's been my goal, her goal uh, with with what we do professionally and, and, and everything is just to make a really big positive impact. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's sort of what we do yeah. now. Yeah, well, the, what you said there about, you know, I think it's an important thing for all practitioners or trainers or anyone to start having or taking a lot more of that holistic lifestyle approach. Um, even, you know, obviously we, we all want to stay within our scope of practice, but there's been this narrative of like, oh, you need to stay in your wheelhouse, stay in your lane and so on. But if if you're not even aware or, or addressing these important aspects of lifestyle, like how much people are sitting, how much people are sleeping, what, you know, it's what people are eating and everything, and you're just focusing on your own little sort of niche or skill set then you the clients are missing out on on a big thing uh on, on a lot of big things and at least if you are aware of them and practicing them yourself then you can lead by example and and also help steer people in the right direction even if that means you know referring on and so on but i guess that it sounds similar to my experience at being in physio where I was working one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people and, you know, was passionate about helping those people, but realizing that there's just such, such a huge need for major lifestyle changes and creating a, like uh, a lifestyle or health lifestyle brand can actually help facilitate that in a lot more people in a, in a bigger, more scalable way. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it seems like kind of similar journeys there. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's definitely, I sort of tossed up between, you know, the, the amount of impact you can make w with with just purely a brand versus, you know, being in there with your clients and working with mm. them each week. But, you know, I think you just go down the that route with so many clients and changing a couple of their, their sort of, their, their lifestyle habits um, and, and, you know, sitting them down and saying to them, you know, you can spend an hour a week stretching with me or you can just change some pretty simple things within how you live your life every day and that's going to make a much bigger impact and it's also a lot easier to do uh it's a lot cheaper to do and um i think the more you learn about this this kind of stuff is like the more simple it actually is if you just go back mm. to what does that person do each day um just learning a little bit more about them and and understanding that you know it, 
again, by changing these couple of things, it's, it's that's their lowest hanging fruit, not necessarily going and doing the right thing in, in the gym once a week or, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, 100%. Because even if people were doing the exact right thing in the gym and doing the most effective stretching methods and strengthening methods and so on, if they, like there's that question of like, well, what about the other 16 hours? Like you could be doing an hour a day of all of that, but what about the other 16 hours a day that you're awake? Um, You know, and obviously there's 24 hours in a day. If you spend seven, if you're lucky, most people spend seven to eight hours sleeping. So what about the other 15, 16 hours in your day? They matter a lot more than just the hour you spend in the gym, even if you do get an hour in the gym, which a lot of people don't necessarily every day. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's huge. It's huge. And like you said, it's it's low-hanging fruit. It's like why aim for perfection in these, you know, really – in these complex activities when you can just pick the low hanging fruit, um, little things like changing your footwear or sitting on the ground, which is obviously, you know, a big part of what you're focusing on now. We, we obviously are very big on that concept as well, but you know, literally just sitting on the ground and in different positions regularly will be a better mobility practice than, than spending, you know, half an hour mobilizing and then eight hours sitting in a chair. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and then, you know, that's, that's, that's the beginning for a lot of people. It's when they start to understand that, you know, there's those couple of little changes they can, they can make. They start to notice, you know, it does actually make them feel really different and it's sort of the tip of the iceberg mm. for them. And they start getting more interested in, you know, how can I, you know, take this to the next step and how can I, um, you know, how can I make this harder or how can I make it and how can I do more of it or how can I withstand more of, you know, sitting on the floor or whatever it is, you know, any of these things. Mm -hmm. um, I often find that, you know, you've just got to kind of prompt someone in the right direction and be excited about it for them. And, and people love the idea of it being convenient and, and easy to start with. And they maybe don't know that there's, there's a lot involved to changing your body, you know, in, in so many different ways. But, um, they don't need to know that at the beginning. They just need to get started and start to understand it and and see those changes themselves. And then that brings a lot more excitement to to them moving forwards. I suppose that's what I've found. Yeah, hundred percent. And it it's interesting these days. Like Mac and I had recorded a podcast last week, or we we um, put it out last week about the concept of. Oh, sorry, it was the week before, but either way, uh, it was about shifting culture and we were talking about the culture of comfort and convenience that we have in modern Western society and everyone's so focused on things being comfortable and easy and, and everything. And we've sort of, I think there's a lot of value these days in seeking discomfort as a practice. But at the same time, if you want to make a change in a lot of people, because there is this culture of comfort, then you also have to, uh, you have to account for the the needs for a little bit of comfort, you know, like if you just say, say for instance, with ground sitting, uh, and this is a good example, obviously mm. a very relevant one. Um, if you just say, just sit on the ground, um, don't, don't bother about, you know, getting anything to sit on, like you, it's good to be uncomfortable um, and just get on the ground as much as you can. People are going to be like, well, no, well, they, you might get a few extreme people going, oh yeah, that are definitely going to do that. And then most people will just go, oh no, nah, I think I'll just sit on the couch or they might go, all right, I'll give that a go. 
and then they sit on the ground for like five minutes and like this really sucks I'm going back to the couch but if they have a little cushion for example or something that or for, for us we've got these big um, jigsaw mats out um, and it's it does provide just a little extra layer of cushion and it means I can sit on the ground for longer without getting uncomfortable and it also makes the ground a lot more inviting um, and you know if you've purchased something like a cushion or some mats and you put it in there in an obvious place you're much more likely to want to go and sit on that rather than uh, on the couch or especially rather than on like just carpet or tiles or wood <laughs> yeah no for sure and I think um but eventually the the carpet the tiles the wood it all does become comfortable when when you do it yeah yeah when you when you are soft yeah. enough yourself or um yeah you don't have that much tension running through your body but yeah we're exactly the same I think um that's that's where we sort of started I started sitting in the dog's bed um <laughs> first kicked it all off and and um I was the guy you know a couple of years ago who couldn't I couldn't cross my legs and um I was also the guy who was training six days a week in a gym um and mm. I, I was able to squat to full depth um but sort of now I know that you know for me to get down there what's compensating for my hips not being able to move properly or be able to you know do their 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 simple job of, of getting down to the bottom of a, a squat which is at the end of the day what it should be so I think mm. I've learned a lot in the last couple of years with with grounded living and and again um just spending a lot of time down there every day is just making a really big impact for me so yeah it's 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 cool to see how much change that can make versus you know your style of training or um you know, your methodology or whatever it is mm -hmm. mm. it really is game changing um like I, I remember when i was at uni learning about you know very deeply about the anatomy and physiology of the body and how to address all these different conditions specific conditions and diagnose and manage these issues that come up with the body but the whole time in lectures and in tutors uh, in um, tutoring sessions and with study at home I'm just sitting in a chair in one position yeah and it's not good for my learning obviously and it's definitely not good for my physical body which is what I'm learning about and I started um, just reading more about uh, like things from Ido Portal and GMB and um, move Nat and Katie Bowman and and all these things and I was like geez I'm, I'm actually just sitting far too much here and I wondered why I felt so stiff in my hips and why I would get you know little niggles and things like that at the gym and I think that you know there are there's a there's a lot to be said for things like full range strength training and mobility training and we definitely don't want to um, you know, bag on those at all because they're very, very good tools, very powerful tools. But there's something just like I attribute most of my mobility, like my squat mobility and just my general hip and ankle and foot and knee mobility to just being on the ground. Like I just made a decision, like I'm just going to spend a lot more time in a squat and on the ground. And like I, to be, to, considering the mobility that I do have, I've done very little mobility work. It's, it's really mostly been habitual, um, habitual practice of being on the ground and also, um, like ground movement things. Like we, we were talking about the other day about locomotives and things like animal flow and animal movements and things like that. I think they're, they're super powerful as well, but just, just habitually interacting with the ground. 
It's, yeah. it's uh, it can't be understated. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, you mentioned the animal flow and and locomotives and stuff like that. And when it doesn't feel like training, and when it just feels more like moving, and I think it takes a little while to sort of separate those two things. It's just a completely mm. different everything. You know, your your head works differently when you're doing it. Um, obviously, your body responds really um, really differently to the type of you know movement that you're doing. Um, and and I just think there's it, it's it's been too long where it's like that's the weird movement stuff and yeah. more people need to to see this and and do this and incorporate it into their everyday life because you know we often talk about it like it's what we used to do as humans we we often used to move in all these really weird and funky ways and and climb trees and mm-hmm. and have to run with no shoes on and and all that cool stuff that all that stuff that is now weird and funny. All weird, yeah. <laughs> that that and, and it's it's become so normal to you when you start to do it, and it, and it's almost like you start to understand, like, oh, this is how our body should work, and it's just so ironic that, you know, it it takes someone who's you know who knows a lot now about sort of this this world to to get to that point of going back to what we were made to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The this simple act of just removing the extra technology that we've invented, like the shoes, like shoes, they're just full of modern shoes. Most modern shoes are just full of all this extra technology and support and arch control and motion control and all of this stuff. And we've got technology, we've got like the most perfectly designed ergonomic chairs that feel really comfortable. So we can sit in them all day without hurting our neck and back or or that, at least that's the narrative. But it's like, if you remove this technology, like the chair, like the shoe, and you know, you just put your body in play even, I mean, nature is obviously best, but even just removing the technology and being in your home, your body figures it out and it's uncomfortable at first because it's used to being supported, but your body over time can self-organize and, and having a bit of guidance. And, and like we said, a little bit of comfort to make, make it a little bit more enticing. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how quickly the body adapts to that because that's like you said, it's what it really should be, be doing. It's what our genes, it's what our DNA expects to do. And when we give our feet, you know, the, the impact or we give them the chance to strengthen and mobilize and to absorb impact, then it feels really good and it feels right. And they actually adapt really quickly. And the same, same thing with your hips uh, with sitting on the ground versus sitting in a chair. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's, um, it's sort of like now, now the job for, for all healthcare professionals or, or anyone who wants to push this sort of stuff is our job is to, how do we one get more people doing it but to get people to do it at the right sort of speed and pace rather than um mm. jumping straight in like there's going to be people who want to yeah. do that and you talked about the extremes before but most people aren't the extremes and and most people maybe want to dip a toe in and and slowly change which is great which is the best way to sort of do it because you know you're mm-hmm. really becoming super uncomfortable with what you're doing and, and what you're changing but it's sort of now you know i've I feel like it's, it's our job to sort of push that lifestyle to people at the, the right rate and with the right education so that they don't hurt themselves. And I think yeah, it's, it's always an interesting topic. Like when, when barefoot shoes first came out and they were like a rage for a little while, I used to, used to work 
in a in a shoe shop and they kind of came and went because you know the the minimalist shoes sort of came about and everyone was trying to run in them and people were just they were they were going from their you know massive asics delcanos to a barefoot shoe and trying to run for a half marathon the next day and then they'd come back with all sorts of massive issues i think obviously we've yeah. learned from that and so i think that's an important thing to to talk about and and um to to definitely yeah i suppose just make sure that that we're doing it at the right speed for people that's a, that's a really really good point actually because yeah that was a huge that's a huge reason why the footwear industry and the podiatry industry goes oh no barefoot shoes are not good for you because it get, get i've seen all these people that have come in with shin splints and stress fractures and uh, tendinopathies as a result of wearing barefoot shoes um, but the context is missing of they didn't transition appropriately, basically. So we've actually just produced an ebook called, um, it's like a guide to foot freedom, but it's all about how to transition to barefoot and barefoot shoes um, because the transition element is really important because similarly with the feet getting sore, if they do too much, if someone's been sitting in chairs for 20 years, um, you know, eight hours or probably more than eight hours, more like 12, 12 yeah. to 15 hours a day. Um, their body is very, very used to sitting in chairs and their hips are very adapted to sitting in chairs. And even though I said, yes, the body adapts quickly, um, you really need to respect the fact that it, it, the, the dosage matters. And if you just changed all of that sitting or even like a few hours of that sitting to ground sitting, you'd probably end up with sore backs or mm. hips, um, you know, just like ex more extreme levels of discomfort. Whereas if you trickle it in, like you say, and uh, transition appropriately, do five minutes at a time, um, explore different positions, uh, bolster, you know, use, use different things to um, help bolster the body and, and um, get used to positions over time, then it's a, it's a much smoother transition and it's less, it's less um, volatile, I think, and you have it's much more sustainable, I think, too. Because if people get hurt doing trying something, like there's, I'm sure there's a huge population of people now who go, "No, nah, I'm never doing barefoot shoes again because I got hurt the last time I did it." Like the body doesn't, the brain doesn't want to repeat things that make it hurt. Basically, yeah. that's the whole that's the whole thing. Yeah. And so if someone has a bad experience trying to transition to being on the ground, they're like, "No, nah, I tried that; doesn't work for me." Yeah, and we we obviously want to. Um, yeah, limit that as much as possible. But at the same time, I think all these people will again come around. The people who uh, unfortunately had a bad experience with the barefoot stuff, they've just got to um, they've just got to be told it enough times and, and understand it more. And I think you know on that point as well, I think you mentioned that yeah, the body does definitely adapt to what it's given every day. But you know, as we all we always preach that you know your body doesn't really respond well when it's in pain. And so if if mm. causing the pain is too big a step towards grounded living or, or sitting on the floor um, then it is it's those baby steps that's important and it might be getting a bolster or getting something that's that's not gonna throw them straight in the deep end and get them to work up to it and and just increase their tolerance and that's when it adapts quickly when it's just slowly increasing its, its level yeah. of comfort over time I think that's that's the the money there yeah 100 percent. and I, I always like to use the analogy of like you wouldn't go to the gym for the first time 
in 10 years of sitting on the couch and doing no exercise, you wouldn't go to the gym and deadlift 100 kilos first up. And you'd be a terrible personal trainer if you tried to make someone do that. Um, and, you know, it's, it's obviously, it's a different thing, but you can use that analogy and it makes sense to people because even though it's a low load thing sitting on the ground or, um, you know, something like that, then you'd you'd still it's the same concept of the specific adaptation to impose demand this the said principle mm -hmm. and we still need to respect that the body needs that time to adapt and you'd much prefer to do a five kilo deadlift or even just a no kilogram hip hinge and then go to you know slowly build up five kilos 10 kilos 15 kilos and then you get really strong you feel good while you do it because you build confidence um and sort of self-efficacy at each point and then before you know it you know t the times the time passes very quickly and then you're deadlifting 100 kilos and you're feeling great doing it and you haven't hurt your back along the way um and you've learned a bunch of skills and and you feel really confident and empowered um and yeah it's just a it, yeah it's a much smoother process which i think is is very important yeah smooth is definitely the key so there's a there's a, a saying that gets thrown around. I think it's mostly from the weightlifting scene, but it's like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It kind of <laughs> works well for this too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it works well for a lot a lot of things. I reckon. Definitely, and yeah, like and um. Sorry, go on. No, yeah, no. I was I was just gonna um I was just gonna sort of say yeah, like it, it's it's take a deep breath. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in maybe in pain and, you know, they're frustrated with my body doesn't move well. I just want to jump straight into something and I want to see results straight away. But um, yes, yeah. sometimes it's about just slowing them down and getting them to take a breath. And as you said, slow is, slow is definitely the way to go um, and, mm -hmm. and just slowly increasing. Um, and, and the best part of all of this is, you know, there is, there is no body that doesn't adapt if it's just given the right stimulus, you know. No one's yeah. an exception to the rule. And I think that sometimes helps, you know, when people are, again, you know, it could be weight loss, same thing. Like everyone is going to adapt if you give them something different uh, for things to change, things have to change. And if you do it at the right rate, then, then people, yeah, their bodies respond really well to it. Yeah. Mm. No, you're right. And I think there are, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who think, or who have come to believe through their experience that they are different and that their bodies just don't work with, for instance, being on the ground or just don't work with barefoot shoes or just don't work with X, Y, Z going to the gym or something. And they, and they have internalized that not necessarily through their own fault, um, but they've internalized that as an issue being with their body rather than with their approach. But like you said, there is there are no exceptions to the rule. Everybody adapts, and it is adapting to what you expose it to. So it's not just that oh, you're not getting any adaptation if you don't sit on the ground or if you don't go to the gym. You're still getting adaptation, but it's adapting to uh, being in a chair or being still or being in cushioned shoes. It's just adapting in a different direction. Um, and so everybody is constantly adapting. There's no exceptions to that rule, and it's and it's about if you if you haven't if a certain practice hasn't worked for you in the past, 
and it makes sense to you, it's still possible to make it work. You just need to change up your approach, basically. Yeah, good. And that's a good way to put it too. You know, you adapt to the negatives that you have in your life as well. So sometimes just cutting mm. them out is going to make a bigger change than, you know, focusing on other things. Yeah. And even yeah, it's, it's focusing on what can you change in your lifestyle or, or life that is currently moving you away from where you want to go. And if you could change that habit with something that is going to move you towards where you want to go, then that's just a, that's a game changer right there. And that's basically yeah. what we're trying to do with grounded living. It's like, yeah, get off the couch, jump on the floor, get comfortable. Yeah. Even, yeah, even if it's only for five minutes to start with and just, or two minutes or one minute or 30 seconds. Just yeah, totally. Try something. Yeah. yeah. Look, there's a lot of people that, yeah, 30 seconds is a lot for them to be sitting on the floor and I get it. <laughs> Like a, or even just getting down on the ground and back up without even spending time there. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But with some good guidance, it's like people people get it. They start to understand. And then when they start to notice those little those little changes, that's when that excitement kicks in and, and um that's when they want to go for it. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you what got you into the whole grounded living or ground living and ground movement, all that kind of stuff originally yeah so i i was speaking like briefly before about like i used to do a lot of like functional training um i did a lot of crossfit back in the day and i suppose when i when i first started um all of this stuff like you know crossfit and functional training is just like a the big standard on like full squats and getting your hips down past your knees mm. to, to finish the repetition and so it's like i think back then it was a lot of you know forcing myself down into those positions and um just getting good at doing that and probably cranking up my hips at the time and um i had really dysfunctional hips and you know i I think i've spoken to you about it a couple of times like i used to be the guy who i played a lot of soccer growing up i'd point my toes barefoot and i'd just get a savage cramp all the way through my my feet yeah um, and also calves and you know just like cramps (laughs) not the best thing so, um, no. I, yeah, like I, I was sort of just, I was over it and I was over like putting so many hours into training and moving my body and, and still not having the ability to sit on the floor. Um, there's a couple of moments that really, you know, made me frustrated with it, but, um, it, overall it just got to the point where I was like, I can't keep training this hard through injuries and being frustrated with lower back pain and, and shoulder issues and, and ankle issues and, and all that stuff. And I need to focus more on like movement. And so I, I completely changed how I trained personally. I was only doing mm-hmm. movement-based training that was going to help me with range of movement and function and, and stuff like that. And um, at the same time, um started doing your course the the footnote program with you guys and um mm-hmm. i sort of just made a promise to myself every every minute that i spend studying i'm going to sit on the floor to do this and so like you I, I got some some gym flooring um some soft under under bum flooring and um and spent all that time sitting on the floor and game changer like i just noticed so quickly how much you know, my body changed and I was super sore. Like I was as sore as I've ever been from a couple of days or a few hours of sitting on the ground the first few days. But as you said, my body started to adapt and um, I I started getting excited about 
my knees getting a little bit closer to the ground and not having knee pain when I cross my legs for, for a minute or so. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the ability to be able to sit down with my ankles flat on the floor when I'm kneeling. Um, and, and just those little things as I got better and better. Uh, and, and, and I spent a lot of time, this is sort of during lockdown last year is, is when I spent a year and a half ago is when I spent a lot of this, um, a lot of the time grounded and then kind of got back into training and I just felt like a different person. Um, mm. and I'd go into the gym and I'd squat and different muscles would start blowing up because I, I was squatting properly or, or a lot more close to properly and, and, I wasn't compensating through my lower back and, um, you know, my, my lower back wasn't flaring up if I loaded up any sort of a squat. And so I just noticed all of these like really cool changes personally. Um, and yeah, that's the big thing that I changed that and the fact that I was just getting into some more movement based training and the biggest joint in the body, the hips were just like, they felt really different and I was able to do things that, I was never able to do before and I, I would never have been able to force myself into these positions um mm. which is how I, my original approach was um and now yeah. it's like i was fluidly moving down into positions and sort of just not recognizing it getting really excited about flexibility and mobility and all this stuff that was just a i don't know just a thing i had to do before but now it's something that i really enjoy yeah that's a that's a that's a key thing as well is when you start to make that progress with the habitual lifestyle type practices then everything else does become more enjoyable and it's less of a a battle like you don't have to battle with your body you're not like fighting your body to improve this range of motion and just forcing it into these different positions it's like Oh, no, I've got you've got your base of very good functional mobility and you can keep improving that but you can explore that by adding load and adding you know whatever you want adding some breath work adding whatever um but it becomes a bit more of a yeah it's more of an exploration rather than a battle which I think is a really really important thing and it makes it makes all of those changes more effective and also more more sustainable yeah, for sure. And it's, it's also, it gives you the, like, it gives you the knowledge on how to work on your own body, which I think everyone should have, mm. you know, whether you have a trainer, whether you're an athlete, wh- whatever, whoever you are, you should have some sort of general understanding on my body feels pretty crap today. I think it's my lower back. I know these couple of things or these couple of movements that I do is going to help release it and make it feel better. And, you know, it's one of those things that I, that I tackle every day. Like I tension in your body is it's a big deal. Um, it affects energy levels. It affects mental health. It affects so many things. Mm. Sometimes I'll be having a bad day, um, whatever sort of bad day it might be. And, and I'll, I'll jump up, do a bit of movement and I'll, I'll kind of just, again, take a deep breath and kind of go, where am I feeling the most amount of tension? And that changes day to day, depending what I've done the last few days and going through some stretches, going through some movement, sort of understanding, you know, what I need to do to make my body feel better and therefore make my mind feel better or make my energy level mm. better or whatever it might be. And, um, you know, that's only something that I've really given some conscious thought the last year and a little bit versus before that, it was just always train every day, go, go, go. Um, yeah. But I think there's better ways. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think what you said about people knowing 
that they're in control, that they have the power within their own body um, is a huge thing and going, yeah, like, oh, if my lower back's sore, then I can, I know X, Y, Z will make me feel better. If I'm just feeling really lethargic and not having a great day, then movement's guaranteed to make me feel better. But then also taking it that step further and going, well, one, why would my back be sore? Uh, I sat in a chair for, you know, 12 hours yesterday or, you know, I did a bunch of gardening work that I wasn't ready for. I didn't, I haven't trained for, or I, um, is just way more than I usually would do. Just really tapping in and understanding that because it's interesting how many times I would see physio clients and they'd be like, Oh, this, this pain came on completely out of the blue. Um, don't really know what happened. And I'm sort of there trying to like, you know, quote unquote diagnose or just try to trying to understand the situation and understand what's brought this on and the more you ask questions generally people go oh yeah actually that was a lot more like oh yeah I did run 15 kilometers and and uh, usually I only run two so that could have done I'm like yeah okay now we're on to something yeah <laughs> or you know it's 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 along those lines and it's very very common for people to just, I guess, be out of tune with their body and and the concept of load management and uh, stress management, and you know, or they might say, oh yeah, um, oh they've got a heap of work stress and family stress, and you know, they've just had someone pass away in their family, and and they're being fired from their job or something like that. But they're not necessarily aware that pain can uh, musculoskeletal pain can be contributed heavily to by emotional pain and stress and so on and so it's just uh, understanding the body and and how pain works you don't have to understand it very deeply but just understanding that it is um it's a signal that is telling you something but it's not necessarily telling you exactly what's wrong but if you can go get a little bit uh a little bit analytical on your own life and and just have a look at different factors then you know what you you know which factors you can control and which factors you can't control, and then you can just focus on the ones that are in your control. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just reminding people um, that they actually probably know what's up. You know, um, when someone's there's, there's always there's always a reason. You know, when someone, as you said, has a really bad lower back, it's it's always uh, if you ask enough questions, you get down to the reason why it's happening. So definitely dealing with yeah. it and knowing what you need to do, but then also going, oh, that's why it's like this. And um, yeah, I feel like any good health professionals sort of working with someone and, and asking them like a therapist, just asking them why and why might that be the case and getting them to understand it themselves is, is that's, that's golden, I think, for them. It's key. It's so much, and it's way better than saying, "Oh, your your back hurts like this because of this, this, and this." It's like if someone actually comes to that conclusion themselves and and starts to figure it out, then it and then it then that's the real empowerment there, where they're actually like, "Oh yeah, okay, I, I okay, I've got a bit of control here. I, I know what's going on." Um, and it's much better than just saying, "Oh, the therapist said." Uh, or the PT or whatever just said I had to stop sitting so much. Um, you know, it, people need to sort of come to the conclusion themselves. And um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's important. And um, I was going to ask what, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but um, what got you into the footnote program originally? Yeah. Um, oh, I think originally like, so 
uh, I went I went through this this really like fun process of you know when I first got into the the PT industry and and worked as a trainer for the first few years I uh, opened up a boot camp I ended up running that it was really successful went really well and I ended up opening up a gym and went through the process of that and um, I think at the time I I worked on you know I, I trained people like very functionally based so everything was sort of high intensity um, but with big focus on how the body moves um, mm-hmm. and I had a I had a big interest for that holistic everything um, from day dot with within working in this industry and I um, unfortunately went through a loss very close to me and ended up getting rid of the gym and I went away for um, six months eight months just traveling by myself and had a lot of time to reflect and think and decided that if I wanted to get back into the industry, I really wanted to explore or scratch that itch of like um, not wanting to be just your your normal everyday PT. And so I wanted to look a little bit outside the box and look more down the route of, you know, being a movement coach or um, care more about how you can have, you know, functional movement, help lifestyle, crossover with food, crossover with sleep. And I wanted to be really holistic with it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I started getting a little bit more into yeah, researching on that kind of thing. And I, I came across the Foot Collective um, page and did one of the online seminars at the time when I got back. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I just fell in love with like the, the fact that you look at everything and the fact that, you know, your feet relate to your hips, which relate to the rest of your body. And I resonated a lot with the fact that you guys sort of started with the feet and then realized quickly that you can't just look at the feet to fix the feet, mm-hmm. but to look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's elements of, of uh, you know, mental health that you talk about. Uh, there's elements of um, everything that encompasses, you know, uh, everything. And it's, it's really interesting to, to look into that. And so uh, I liked, liked the vibe, liked, uh, liked the look of the course. And so I decided, you know, during lockdown uh, last year or the year before, it was, um, it was a, a really cool thing to do and, and jumped in, did start of the program. Mm. And it's been really cool. It's been uh, like exactly what I wanted, um, but I, I wouldn't have known until I kicked it off, if that makes sense. I didn't quite fully mm-hmm. know what it was involved, but it's been a really eye-opening kind of course and I've met some really cool people through it as well. Yeah, amazing, man. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have you in there and I, I love, a big thing I love about the Foot Nerd community is everyone is from different backgrounds and uh, has their own sort of expertise and, and interests and everyone has their own thing going and we can all support each other on on this on the shared mission like we everyone has their own thing going but everyone's sort of got that shared value and shared mission of like we want people to be in better control of their health and you know start you got to start somewhere so starting in the feet makes sense um but then it opens up all of these avenues like ground living and that's such a it's a huge component of our philosophy now because it is so so key for overall movement health but also foot health um and obviously the two are are very related or inseparable really Mm. um and yeah just having this group of really cool humans all working on that same wavelength is is a is a real 
uh, a real privilege to be a part of. I think so. It's uh, it's and it's cool and it's growing in Australia now too. It's getting quite a quite a pretty quite quite a awesome crew. Um, most of which are locked down at the moment, but I'm looking forward yeah. to getting you guys all up to Queensland soon when when it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it'd be all good to get all together and catch up. But yeah, no, it's and it's so much. It's so little about the Foot Collective. You know, it's it's the community that's that's so important. And and what I mean by that is mm. like um like everyone's brought together from the Foot Collective, but it's it's everyone has got so much to to give, and you know I've learned so much. I'm passionate about ridiculous things that I didn't think I'd ever be passionate about um, <laughs> getting into it. And it's just, it's cool. It's its really opened up my world. And I think the same for, for pretty much everyone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, what's one of the ridiculous things that's, that's uh, caught my attention? Um, oh, no, not ridiculous. Probably my curiosity. just things like, you know, like in two years, like, I used to joke to my mum. My mum, my mum loves plants and and loves um loves having a perfect garden at home and knows so much. And I always used to joke I was never sort of too interested in any of it and used to give her a bit of a hard time about it. And and now I'm I'm the one who's who's growing things at home and there's greenery all yeah. around, all the time. And um, so when I say ridiculous, I just mean it's just ridiculous how far I've come. I suppose in like yeah yeah like we want to grow our own things at home and um. Uh, being a place that's set up for that kind of thing and it's it's just so cool and uh, we live you know in a really nice place here in Sydney and like I just I would never have appreciated nature like I do uh, and I think mm. it's also coming down to being a little bit older uh, I think when you're younger you kind of just like blast your way through life and don't think too much about <laughs> things but um, yeah no it's uh, I'm just so much more interested about all sorts of different things nowadays which is which is really yeah yeah, I think having that exposure, I think that's the beautiful thing. Like we all come together on feet, but having that exposure to all these people like like Georgina, for instance, she's a major inspiration for me um, who's in Melbourne and we went and visited her family home where she's got this amazing that's home up. sort of permaculture thing. Yeah. You saw that video? Yeah. yeah. Isn't amazing. that amazing? Yeah. How do you do <laughs> and, um and she's a massage therapist sort of by training, I suppose, but she has all this stuff going on in her backyard and it just sort of makes you realize like, you know, every, not everyone, but most, most people can do this to some degree or I'm tempted to say everyone can do this to some degree with the, with the right level of education and guidance and, you know, some resources. Um, but it's just about, it's just about deciding that that's something that you want to do. And, and yeah, I'm the same. Like I, through this process of um, starting the foot collective in Australia, I suppose, and through my connection with Nick and through all the, for all the Aussie foot nerds and, and just with the foot nerd, the global foot nerd community in general, I had this idea of, well, you know, first of all, I want to spend a lot more time in nature. Second of all, you know, my family happens to have land that's available and gee, I want to, I want a really cool, uh, nature campus that all these cool people can group, like to, can come along and spend time in person as a group. Um, and then it's, so it sort of led me to these different opportunities that I don't think I would have, I wouldn't have pursued as just a physiotherapist doing his thing, you know, running, running a physiotherapy business. And, um, it does, 
I think, yeah, that connection with nature is, is a big thing because when you connect with the nature of your feet, as in they need load and they need to be barefoot um, and they need to be exposed to you know, grass and stone and trees and everything, um, then you go, well, okay, well, what else does my body need from a natural biological level? And, and you apply it to everything and, and cause we are nature. I think that's a big thing that people forget is we are nature. Humans are part of nature, but we've tried to separate ourselves. Um, yeah. Un- unsuccessfully and to our detriment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've tried bloody hard to separate ourselves, haven't we? Yeah. 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 And the harder we try, the worse things get really. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and as you sort of said, like it, it sort of just starts with a with a little interest and that could just be someone else being excited about it and then all of a sudden it becomes a passion of yours before you know it and um mm. and that's that's for anything you know i i've like i often speak to people now and people i know and see quite often they're like they come up to me like man i, I spent an hour sitting on the floor today it was really cool hey. they're excited about it. And they're like i was thinking of you the whole time and i'm like that's a little um <laughs> But, um, it's it's it's, cool. it's really cool and, and they're excited about it and they're like man like i get it now like my hips feel great and um you know my back pain's going and it's it's feeling a lot better and i've i've got a little setup at home and i sit in the sun and i read and it's just really cool that it just starts with something small like that and it, and it's happening for yeah. you and i as well like it just starts with something small and then all of a sudden it, it develops this big passion and um mm-hmm. that, that's like a really like a really good example of like something that's life changing. Yeah, that's huge actually. And and I, I love getting those messages of like mates or family members being like, Oh, oh yeah. Or, or just telling me in person, like, Oh, I went for a big barefoot walk the other day or, you know, something yeah. like that. And it's those little habits that, yeah, seem can almost seem insignificant, but when you add them all up together, like a daily barefoot walk, you get into sun, you get in sunshine, you sit on the ground, you you know interact with someone, you know, all these little habits that really add up to make a huge, huge difference on your health and your quality of life. So it's um, yeah, it's it's a it's an exciting time to be in our industry, I suppose, or in our in this movement because there's, I mean, there's still as much as there are heaps of people who are on this wavelength and it's really cool to be around. There's also so many people that aren't like we always, I always talk about with people how, you know, in my world, there's so many people who are into barefoot things and and barefoot shoes, but then you go out for a walk along the river and 99.9% of people are in, like I've, I've think I've maybe seen one or two people barefoot before, which is awesome. Um, well, awesome that they're there but not awesome that it's only one or two people yeah um and like very very rarely see someone in barefoot shoes so there's still a a big big role for change and and obviously the same goes for chairs (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think it's cool that these yeah these uh, like niches are kind of intertwined and they talk to each other so much and you know Mm. sharing what each other do because once one of us grabs someone and you say, I get someone out of a chair a little bit more and yeah, you know, then share one of your posts and they're like, Oh, what's this? And like, so, so people get the bonus of, you know, becoming part of this community that just shares all of the, the good information that people need. And, and mm. again, when they start seeing those, those positive changes from one thing, they're like, okay, cool. What's the next thing to work on and add in there. 
Yeah, and it's so true. Like the the chair is like the equivalent of the shoe. Like the chair is for the body, what the shoe is for the feet, in a sense. Um, it just res- it restricts movement and it makes it more comfortable to be well certain shoes obviously um but it makes it more comfortable to be less to be moving less uh, and to be working less and when like we've talked about at the start is when you take away that technology then the body figures it out and then soon enough the chair like for me chairs now are quite uncomfortable sitting on the ground is very comfortable and very sort of fulfilling and satisfying uh, and likewise with shoes like if i try on like the other day or it was a while back actually but i tried on my mate's shoe for the sake of it um because it was like this big adidas cloudy cushioned shoe and i was yeah. like oh man how do you wear this like yeah. it just seems so foreign and and gross and my body's like no thanks even though probably you know five years ago i would have thought oh yeah that's really comfy <laughs> yeah it's like you, you, your perception of comfort changes yeah definitely and it you know we often talk about it. It doesn't feel like you're working on your foot strength when you just got barefoot shoes on or no shoes on. Um, mm. I, I like I, everyone's always really interested by the fact that they can sort of unconsciously work on maybe their hip health or the strength of their feet just by changing a couple of things. So I think that's a cool thing to, to talk about as well is that, you know, you don't have to sit there and stretch to make your hips better. You can, literally just sit on the floor and once it becomes enough of a habit you don't even think about doing it i don't sit on the floor now to help my hips i just sit on the floor because it's what i do yeah and, um, yeah exactly yeah, right same yeah. shoes you know i've still got so many pairs of shoes that we're about to throw out um <laughs> that take up way too much room i used to work for a, a a running shoe shop and like i've just not worn any of them in so long and uh, mm. i put on one pair and like my feet are hit like a lot more broad than they used to be because I've been there yeah. the last two years and just every pair of shoes is just like shoving my, my toes together. It's just, it feels so foreign and that's been yeah. two years. So it's crazy, crazy how far it might be in the next couple of years like you. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And you just, you just can't do it really. Like you just find, you find alternatives. Like there, and there was one time, I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but there was one time where a few years ago when I first started the Foot Collective and I hadn't really expanded my range of barefoot shoes and I went on a date and all I had of nice, nice sort of date shoes, I suppose, was like pointy Windsor Smiths or whatever they were. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll chuck them on. And then... Within like 20 minutes of walking them, just while I was getting ready, I started getting this weird neck pain that I wouldn't have never gotten before or since. And I was like, that's that's pretty strange. Yeah. Like, like I just put on these shoes and then straight away my neck starts hurting. So I'm pretty sure I took them off and just copped, copped looking like a bit of a, you know, a lame in my barefoot shoes. But yeah, yeah. But then I expanded my range. And the good thing is, you know, the good thing is you don't have to really sacrifice too much on fashion or style um, to get into barefoot shoes. And, and likewise um, with your, you know, your upcoming product with the ground grounded living cushion, then the idea is that it, it fits into your space nicely. Like it's, it's functional furniture. It looks good. It's something that you want to have on display in your house. Um, and it's something that is inviting to sit on. So I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to getting, getting one. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. And that, that was definitely our goal with it. We wanted it to look good at the same time. Um, we, we wanted, like, we want it to appeal to the people who aren't necessarily already sold on this lifestyle. We want it to appeal to like the everyday person. So it wants to look good and, um, obviously mm-hmm. be really comfortable from the get go, but, um, comfortable to sit on for a long time as well. So that's exciting, man. Exciting time. Yeah. And so the, uh, it'll be the day that this podcast releases actually will be the day that the giveaway starts. So um, I guess we'll just put a little shout out. If you're interested in what we're talking about, the giveaway will include um, a grounded living cushion, cushion from, from Mitch and Grounded Living Co. And then it'll include one of our down under tables, which we've talked before about on the podcast, but it's basically like a little mini mini coffee table in a sense that's just low enough for um you to sit on the ground and do all your eating and laptop work and whatever you want um and then also a foot restoration kit so basically just building your body up from the ground up and um will be there'll be three of those to give away so yeah you'll check just check out um your your instagram handle is grounded living co yeah all one word all one word and obviously ours is tfc.australia um and yeah if you check out that today and if you're listening to this um over the next 10 days um from what am i what's the date it's august 18th till august uh till july i'm um, sorry september well no no sorry august 28th yeah yeah 18th to 28th 10 days um jump on that giveaway and then we'll announce the winner at the end. Exciting. Great. Cool, mate. Well, we'll wrap it up there. And then when we, um, when we can finally make it back down to Sydney, then we'll have to get another uh, follow up going and we can sort of talk about how the ground look ground living cushion is going and any other projects that get on the way. Have you got any other sort of projects in your sites in the, in the meantime, anything that you can talk about? We, 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 we do. We have so many ideas. I've got, um, way too many, but, um, yeah, we've got some really cool, cool ideas. Kind of, uh, you mentioned like earlier, like the idea of someone who's too tight to just be jumping straight down on the floor. We want to have a product for that person to be able to slowly transition mm, down to the floor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, we're, we're looking at some, some, some options for that at the moment and sort of putting some together. And yeah, it's kind of like a, it'll be something where it's like leveled so they can slowly work their way down to the floor again, without too much, um, too much of a big jump. Um, it'll be, we're really excited for that. We literally haven't even looked into it at all, but it's just an idea for now. And we've got some other cool things that we're thinking about, but obviously just want to get this first one out there and, and, um, focus on that for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully we'll have more to chat about next time. And uh, hopefully it'll be before the end of the year that we're able to get back down. See, man. But, um, we'll see. Thanks so much for having me. Maybe we'll make it up. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, actually, that'd be great too. Got to get you out, out bush. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. As, soon as, as soon as we can make it happen, that'll be great. Cool. Awesome, have mate. Uh, have me. We'll chat soon. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.